Lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. And it is a warm welcome back to Wendy Nola, who's with us in studio today, uh, revisiting a scam story we have shared with you before, but it just won't go away no matter how many times we cover it. Uh, after we've given you the latest on that one, we will make space for open line calls as well. So if you have a consumer issue that is bothering you, uh, today's your day to phone in on 0214460567 or leave a voice note on 0725671567. Welcome, Wendy. In all the years we've been doing this segment, this is the story that keeps on coming back to haunt us, Wendy. Every time it's highlighted, the crooks seem to go quiet for a little while, and then they bounce back with the same old modus operandi Uh and a new pool of innocent victims waiting to be caught. I I don't know if they do go quiet, although I can tell you that the... the, um the, there are waves of complaints yeah. in my inbox, and sometimes it's up to three a day, literally, and it'll oh. it'll sort of taper off to one or two a week. And at the moment, um, it's picked up. So it's it's well, it's been around. I looked my first story. I did it for another radio station in yeah. Durban because they all seem to be based in Durban. Yes, um, either one using different names or a syndicate, but they've all got the same modus operandi and they all appeared to be in Durban. So my first one was in August of 2015. So we're on six Six years years later. And it's probably been going for a little bit by then already. So at least six years. Now we're talking, of course, about the Telcom directory listing scam. Wendy, won't for those who've not heard the previous editions, won't you just set the scene for us? Okay, so thousands of, or must be tens of thousands by now, I'm quite sure, of small business owners, mainly small business owners. I've had the odd large hotel, but they're mostly medical practices, service stations, couriers, guest houses, um, tire fitment people, that kind of uh, business. They've fallen victim to the, just sign this form to confirm your telecom directory listing. It's free, um, but of course it is a scam. So what they do is they go through the, they're still printed and online, obviously directors for each little municipality or little area. Yeah. Uh, code area and if you see a listing in bold it's the name of a company and they pay Trudon which is Telcom's directory subsidiary and a little bit extra on their phone bill every month those businesses to have their listing stand out so it's not it's not free so yeah. what these scam artists do is they have a team of people in a room and I've spoken to several whistleblowers who yeah. come and gone and, okay. and told me um, and they literally phone those businesses and they say, it's, you know, it's funny from Telcom. We want to just um, make sure for, for our next directory that your, your listing's correct. Please fill in the form. It's free. And the form comes through and the front of house person or the bookkeeper, whoever gets it, and they merely sign. But there's a, a, a sizable block of a very small print. And in some cases, it's, it's so small, it's actually a bit distorted. And no numbers stand out because they write the rand amount in words, words which is always a sign there's something dodgy going on. And um, if ever there was an example of why you really should read the small print, the smaller, the more important, it's this case. Um, so they, they send it off and then they get the first demand for payment of – it's ranged – when I first started writing about this, it was around 7,000 and now the initial um, ask is ten. And what it's for is a is a twelve or twenty four month subscription to some obscure online directory listing. If in, nobody ever gets to see it, if they do push it, I think they just well, I was told by one whistleblower they then quickly concoct one and send it to you. But it's nothing of any value to them, right? Yeah. And and um, 
And then they say, but you signed it. It's a valid contract. And they, then they turn the screws. And if there's no payment, then it gets handed over to a debt collector, which is a bunch of people in the next room <laughs> with a different name. And, um, and then they add fees. They registered these, these entities. They've registered with the debt collectors council. And we'll get wow, to okay. that now. Um, and they, um, they add interests and costs, and so it will escalate to twelve, thirteen, fourteen thousand, whatever. Um, and a lot of people pay just uh, out of just to get it off their backs the because the, the yeah. threats, well, the threats are have become very, very serious. Down to you know blacklist you, which no company wants, but um, the sheriff of the court has, uh, you know, has an order to come and attach your assets. You can imagine, yeah. and I've heard from. From people, front of receptionists, bookkeepers who did the signing, um, and said, "I have no authority to do so." It does you know, it doesn't stand. And, the, and, the, and of course, these game artists that said, "Doesn't matter. You you have to pay." And they've actually one told me she, she had sleepless nights, and then she took a loan. Oh no, to, to pay. pay it with, so she didn't have to tell her boss. And of course, when the year is up, then they come again. Um, It's a horrible, horrible thing. Um, So as you say, I I mean, really read the fine print. What's in the fine print is the fact that it's not a free listing at all. You are actually committing to a subscription of some sort um, in in, in that fine print. Yes, and although it's not – it's all obviously um, done by nefarious means and it is a scam – it's a lot of people have gone with the well. You signed the contract, and there it all is. So you have to pay, kind of thing. And they've they've they've, they've sort of fallen yeah. for it. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, not the first time we've discussed this, Wendy. And as we've said before, there have been investigations and even a couple of uh, prosecutions of the guilty parties. Uh, usually, the collection agencies, the ones who are making the threatening yes. phone calls, are the ones who end up getting held to account. Well, yes, that's because no one's taking any action against the the actual the, scam whatever they call yeah. themselves, Tilly Dyer whatever, um, White Pages, all sorts of names that yeah. chop and change. Um, uh, so, because these uh, entities, the, the, the collectors, actually register as debt collectors, um, they are answerable to the Council of Debt Collectors in terms of the Debt Collectors Act. And the Debt Collectors Council, Council for Debt Collectors, is entitled to hold disciplinary hearings. And um, the, um, according to the Act, the, the punishments, the sentences um, have to be um, adhered to. Okay. Well, in theory, anyway, um, it's quite interesting when you're dealing with scam artists, they don't really consider themselves to be answerable too much. Yeah. But anyway, so what happened um, last Friday is that the Council for Debt Collectors found, um, in this case, they've, they've found several um, names of debt collectors um, uh, to have infringed the act recently. But the okay. latest one is... Um, a crowd calling themselves Laflar Collections, based in Umschlanga, and the um, director is one Albert Lafleur. Um, two slightly different names there. Yeah. And um, Lafleur, along with four of his staff members, were found guilty of excessively harassing and threatening to sue almost a hundred business owners. That's how many people had complained. Wow! And, about that one. And group. about eighty-six of them gave evidence over two months. This was one. Wow. Endeavor, yes. Um, so they were each fined um, an effective 110,000 rand. If they don't pay by the end of the month, I think it was, they their registrations will be um, 
rescinded. Okay. And we'll get to the, the appropriateness of that of that um, sentence in a bit. But I think for me, um, the joy of reading um, the um, What's the proper word for verdict? You wouldn't swear I was a court it's, reporter. It's, the judgment. <laughs> the judgment. And the, <laughs> the sentence is, you know, that it, it lays out how this thing works. And most, most importantly, um, let's find it. Uh, the most important bit is this. Despite repeated threats of judgments, executions, the removal of property by a sheriff of the court and blacklisting, all of these threats and emails, so mm-hmm. uh, written record yeah. of them, yes. Not a single business. Now, remember some 86 of witnesses of led yeah. evidence. And not a single business owner testified that they had received a summons to appear in court in respect of mounds allegedly owned. They weren't blacklisted. Nothing happened. In other words, these are totally Toothless empty threats. Yeah. And I keep telling people that, but it's so nice to be able to say, look, this is what the evidence, this is what the presiding officer found. So, um, yeah, uh, let's see. Let's talk a little bit about, I suppose, what, what emerged. Um, he found that, oh, that, so now between the link, I mean, as I told you, in all the time that I've investigated these complaints, it's very clear that, um, and the whistleblowers that have spoken to me that, you know, this is, these are, these, Entities work hand in hand. They're one yeah. and the same. The, um, the person offering the listing and the debt collection company yes, mean, it are the same yes. group, basically. Um, so, but anyway, the investigators in this matter found that Laflock Collections either knew or had to have known that the signatures on the forms that they were now taking action on to collect were obtained fraudulently and that by continuing with attempts to collect on non-existing debt, they were complicit in a fraudulent scam Operation. However, the presiding officer, Mr. Gross, stopped short of making a judgment on the claim that Laflock Collections and the company which perpetrated the scam were one and the same due to lack of conclusive evidence. And that, he says, was for the police to investigate. Okay. As I say, this has been going on for six years. I um, can't say that Don't I'm say terribly that's... hopeful, not holding my breath. Um, but if you, if you just go through the evidence, several witnesses said they had spoken to people with the directory company, whatever it was called, who had falsely claimed to be from Telcom and recognized them as being the same person they spoke to when dealing with Laflock Collections. Uh. When confronted with this, the judgment read, the person then immediately dropped the call. It's also noted that in a number of emails, similarities were found in the email signatures used by both Laflock Collections and the alleged creditor. So you can read quite clearly between the yes, lines, Wendy, that they can. are the same the yes. same outfit. Yes. Okay, so as you said, uh, um, uh, the, the judgment handed down um, and uh, fines of 110,000 rand effectively, each yeah. effectively um, suspended in part uh, on condition that they're not found guilty of similar misconduct going forward. This is, of course, not the first disciplinary uh, inquiry in which they have uh, looked into this kind of scam, is it? You've no, so, yes, so there was um, NCR um, legal collections. They were found guilty and fined. They're not registered any longer. Debt review administrators um, found guilty no long- and fined, no longer registered. Credit bureau listings uh, found guilty and fined, no longer registered. I think it'll be the same with this case. They're not going to pay the fine and then they'll be no longer registered. Okay. Um, I don't know how many people, here's the thing. I mean, what, what's the uh, significance of that? Do people check that debt collectors are registered before they're given and pay? 
are not so you sure should. and how you yeah. absolutely should and this is a classic reason why um there's a name the name that's coming up in my complaints um currently a lot mostly is ITC summons um, like all the others, NCR, Debt Review, Credit Bureau, they're names that are made up and they're made to sound particularly scary official. Mm. So they're, they're not, you know, you think, oh, uh, ITC sounds, oh gosh, this sounds is about familiar. my blacklisting. Yes. Oh, Credit Bureau, oh gosh, Debt Review Administrators. It's, not, it's you know, it's wicked. Um, it really is. But, but the, the, sorry, the latest yeah. one, ITC summons, is um, being investigated currently by okay. the Council for Debt Collectors. So you see a pattern here. Yeah. Um, th- it's like that parade game where the rabbit pops up and you knock down it one and, and another one yes. pops up in a different hole. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we thought it might be helpful to share an actual case study with you and let you hear it from the horse's mouth, as it were, what somebody went through, how they were tricked, and what the sort of modus operandi is. And I really want to thank our guest, David Mann. Uh, for being prepared to share the story with us today. Uh, he was caught out, or his firm was caught out in July. Uh, David is an importer of Asian foods. And uh, David, thank you very much for joining us on the show today. Hi, I believe, hi, uh, good afternoon to you. I believe the initial approach was was to your bookkeeper via email. It was. They actually called and then they said like, you know, people are busy and they're like, oh, we called, it's free, you need to be on it. And then she says, email me the stuff. And she, she, they emailed it through, and she she just signed it and sent it back without reading the small little fine print underneath. So on the main page that they sent through, it says no, it says free or no charge. Mm, yeah. But in the fine print underneath, which is quite blurry if you actually open it up, they actually say there. I mean, it's really hard. You have to zoom to read it. That's how hard they you make really to read do. it. Sure. And instead of putting a figure, because you would see like R triple nine nine nine. They don't put a figure in numbers in the fine print. They type it out in blurred writing so that you wouldn't notice that it's yeah. a grand figure. Mm. Sure, sneaky. That is so sneaky. Uh, really. Yeah. Uh, it's a tiny print and in words rather than digits, so nobody is going to notice unless they are literally combing over it with a magnifying glass in this case. Uh, uh, how, how long was it, David, between sending off that form and the first call saying you owe us money? It was probably about a month or two before the first call started coming through. And then they, and then they sent emails like, Oh, we're going to blacklist you. You've been handed over by this company. And I'm like, that's fine. Um, go ahead because it says free. The email that you sent through says it's free. Obviously, this is a scam. So you're welcome to, welcome to go ahead and blacklist this. I mean, we're, we're, we're quite a large company. So little <laughs> things like that don't, don't, don't scare us. But obviously for me posting it, it was not about us. It was about all the smaller people out there who get caught and scammed because yeah. I, I think it's disgusting. It really is. David, I mean, the, the, the long and the short of it is nothing has happened. You haven't been blacklisted. You haven't had the no. sheriff arrive at your business to take the furniture no. out from underneath your bottom, have you? <laughs> not at all, no. Okay. <laughs> but they keep, they keep calling uh, if, <laughs> and if, emailing. So they're still at it. They're still calling they and emailing. Are. I, I got one last week, a oh. call and an email. Well, okay, you know from, uh, you know, and thankfully, uh, thanks to you sharing this story, our listeners will now know that you can safely ignore those calls mm. and demands and emails, uh, uh, David. Absolutely. So thank you for being prepared to just put a voice to the scam and, and, and let people know how easily it happens. Uh, I've got to ask, I mean, your poor bookkeeper must feel terrible. Um, uh, but I guess there's a lesson for all of us here in, about the importance of reading the fine print, isn't there? Absolutely. I mean, the other thing that they do is they make it look legitimate by using a telecom SA address. Mm, yeah. And then they say, white page the telecom SA. If the people are scared now, thinking that they're dealing with telecom, 
instead of just some other small scamming company, and they pay based on that, which is which is also yet another way they get people to pay, which is also obviously very dishonest. Yeah. I think in my experience, um, to just speak to the degree of harassment that goes on is that someone will, when they get the first demand, they say, but I didn't agree with this and they're insisting I pay this 10,000 or whatever. And then I say, no, no, it's a scam and please don't pay. And the council for debt collectors is involved and blah, blah, blah. I have been doing this for investigating this for more than five years and I don't know of a single case of anyone being blacklisted or, you know, if you get a, a court stamped summons, then worry, but I'm telling you, you're not going to. And then they say, thank you. And then two months go by and then they go, but now it's the debt collectors and they're talking about the sheriff coming. And I go, no, really? Well, somebody once emailed me three times to say, I know what you said last time. I'm sorry to waste your time, but I'm really scared. And in between, a lot of people must pay or this game wouldn't be going on. For as long six, as it is. Yeah. Just to yeah, read yeah. what they were found guilty of by the Council of Debt Collectors, this latest crowd, Lafla, threatening legal action, including a Attaching the property of business owners, black, and of blacklisting them, but not following through, claiming legal fees to which they were not entitled, excessive harassment, demanding inflated sure. amounts, and a further long list of unprofessional conduct. Would that all uh, <laughs> tick the boxes on what you've experienced, David? I think it would, yes. Okay. Well, look, I'm, I'm sorry, the, you're, particularly for your bookkeeper, who must have been so stressed when this all got going, but thank you for being prepared to come on air and just talk about it a little bit to no, raise awareness no, of my, it. My, my pleasure. Okay, thanks David Manny, thanks for your time. Thanks, and, uh, yeah, it, it really does help, I think, to hear from the horse's mouth if somebody's yes. been there. And I love how sort of gung-ho he yes. was. And he knew his rights. He knew this wasn't, wasn't for real. Yes. And it could safely be ignored. But Wendy, I, I can totally understand the fear that would come with receiving those calls Absolutely. And absolutely. Yeah. And some, on the other hand, think, oh, it's so hilarious. And they'll send me the latest. Oh, look what they're threatening now. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, but, but not, not everybody. Laughs, yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, after the headlines, we'll just do a little recap with a couple of take-home messages on what to do if you are approached or if you've already signed the document and realize you've been caught here. Uh, so that w- will continue. And then we'll open the lines uh, for some general consumer questions as well. So you can start dialing 021-446-0567. Right, let's, let's wrap up the conversation about the telecom listing scam uh, before we move on to any open line calls, although you can start dialing 021-446-0567 and sending your voice notes to 072-567-1567. Wendy, while we were listening to the news, Michael emailed in saying, I won't waste precious time recounting my story. Suffice to say, I am one of the many who have befallen this trap through dropping my guard for the brief time it took. My question today is why nothing seems to be able to be done about bringing these unsavory characters to book. I can appreciate it is difficult to police phony addresses and chase up unlisted phones and calls made from untraceable numbers. But by the very nature of the scam, the one piece of data that has to be valid for the scam to work is the bank account. Surely the banking institutions should be under some onus to cooperate with official investigations. The bank, by law, has to ensure that every account holder is fecured, so there can't be any reason why this data cannot translate into an arrest. The greater tragedy, Michael goes on to write, is the real cost to honest, legitimate business people Absolutely. far beyond the scammers' bogus charges, but arrived at when you quantify the loss of productive work hours, sleepless nights, and lawyers' fees spent on dealing with this. Absolutely. That last well, sentence said. says it all, Michael. Yeah, well yeah, done. Yeah, so on that, um, why did the – I mean, assuming these people would would um, – uh, follow or heed uh, any any ruling against them, any sentence against them at all. But yeah. why wasn't there an order made for them to refund, left yeah. collections to refund? Well, um, did they get the money? Where is the money? Did they hand over to the 
white pages or whatever they're called. Um, uh, the Council for Debt Collectors is the only organization that's actually doing anything, and they only have jurisdiction over debt collectors. So it's they for it, their membership laps. They're no longer it, within their purview. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's they can't uh, take steps against the, the the people that are making the phone calls and perpetuating that scam. Um, that's for the police and or the National Consumer Commission. Um, I know that the commission's aware of it. It's been going on for six years. I'm not aware of any action that's been taken. Yeah. And these people do have addresses. I mean, I could, I've got the address of one of them. I mean, the Council for Debt Collectors has tracked them down um, on more than one occasion. Um, they move around. As I say, I think it's a syndicate. We we don't know enough. But um, it's, it's, it's so, so this need, I really think it's something for the commission to take on. There have been enough victims now. These people, are, they carry on with impunity. Mm. Um, and um, I'll certainly chase the NCC on this and just keep being the thorn in the side and sending the email and saying what's happened, what is being what done, is being done, what is being done. Michael raises a very good point about the bank, uh, yes. bank issue. Yes, so they would yeah. need to then go to the banks and uh, and ask the, for the banks to cooperate as one as a government entity. It shouldn't be too difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me as a consumer journalist, I think the message I want to get out is if you – if people know that even – well, first of all, read the small print. And if it's particularly small and, and, and indistinct, then you need to get your zoom in or get a magnifying glass or whatever it takes to actually read the words. That's number one. Number two, if you've been caught – um, and it, having said that, it is fairly easy for someone yeah. to have, especially as they keep saying free on the phone and then you get the form and there's the word no free charge, does yeah. appear or, or no charge. Yes. Um, then, um, do know that no, no matter how dire their threats are, they are completely empty. They have never followed through. Just ignore them and disengage. Sooner or later, they will give up on you. As annoying that as that is, it is the best and most practical advice. Do not pay. Do not pay. And be very, very wary of anyone who approaches you about a directory listing of any kind. And just to remind you, Trudon are the actual yes. actual telecom directory yes. registry people who, who, I mean, there is, we've had the conversation before about whether or not we still even need to have a printed directory. That's another one I for think another day. There's but also an online, yes, you do an online and one. There's an online one yeah. as well. But Trudon are the actual legitimate, um, yes. organizers of so that. So telecom listing. shouldn't yeah. really work. Telcom.net, which anyone can get as an email address, shouldn't work as a ruse, but it does because it does, people are yeah. thinking it's the telecom directory. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the bottom line is do not pay them any money. Ignore the harassing phone calls and emails. They are not going to act on the threats that they are making. Uh, so really please just let it go. Block the numbers, junk mail the email. Spread the word. Tell people who have word. small businesses and they must tell the employees, anyone who will um, take the call and get the facts and be asked to act on it. If people were wise, if sufficient numbers of people were wise, this, this scam would just fall on its face. They couldn't, they wouldn't get enough victims. Okay. Right. Um, we, we've got some open line calls and questions starting to come in. After the short break, we will take a couple of those. You can phone in on 021-446-0567 or pop a WhatsApp to 0725671567. Consumer Talk. Open line. Call 021-446-0567. That is what Freya has done from OBS. I believe you've also been caught out by the telecom scam. Freya, good afternoon. 
Hi, good afternoon, Pippa. Hi, Wendy. Yeah, so it's actually my mother-in-law who lives in Plettenberg Bay. Yep. She's, and she has a, a, a backpackers called Natandu Backpackers, which she's owned for 25 years. And obviously, since March um, of last year, our, our, um, our guests like, uh, jumped off a cliff. We just didn't have any guests since then. Yeah. So we've had um, we've had to kind of make side hustles. I was even on Lester Kivitt's show a couple of months ago, where we I was telling him about our, our chili sauce when he had those guys in for um, for a chili testing competition or something like that. Anyway, um, we've basically been doing a lot of um, extra things to try and get money in um, to pay for our um, seven staff and obviously their three kids each. So. Yeah. We've literally been trying to um, save as much money as possible. I've been giving money from my salary and so is my husband to keep the, comp- the backpackers afloat. Um, all his life savings have gone basically since March um, of last year. So, you know, every single cent counts. And basically, when uh, last year we had a bill for 900 rand um, for yellow pages, which we've never, ever signed up to ever. So we called Telcom and they said, no, it's because you signed up to be on their directory. And we said, well, you know, we've never, ever done this before. Um, Cut a long story short, basically, um, it was a phone call that um, one of our managers took. And all she did was confirm that we were Natandu backpackers and that um, we were um, a user of Telcom, which is what she did. And And they said that was enough to... And basically sign a contract with them, a verbal contract with them that we would have to pay each month 900 rand to be on Yellow Pages. And I actually then went onto Yellow Pages and we weren't even listed on there. So they were then charging us a service and then we weren't even listed on there. So I managed, I, I messaged them saying, you guys are a scam. We're not even listed. How can you then charge us? Um, and they, and Telcom said, oh, we can't do anything about it. And you'll have to go to one of our stores. So we drove through to Neisner and they can't do anything about it. And so we, there's a third party company that, I don't know, um, manages it or something. So we called them and they're like, no, well, you said you confirmed on the, on the, on the phone call that you were going to take this. You know, it was just, it was just so wishy washy, but we can't get out of it. We're still paying it. Okay. Okay. Can I jump in? Yes. So this is a different issue completely to, to the one we've been talking about. It's, it's, it's it's allied, but it's a different group. So, um, if you could email me, um, I I would certainly start by asking Trudon. I think that's the company's name you were looking for, um, to get to access the call recording and take it from there. I haven't taken up one of these for a while, but I'm particularly interested in, uh, call recording issues when there's a dispute and you can't get your like this so it's a different issue and we can come back to it in another show but i I, if you give me all the details um dates and account numbers and everything else i think that the absolute cherry on the top is there's no listing even after all that Um, i'll do my best to investigate that one for you okay so freya you need to just pop an email please put all of the information in one single email any reference numbers details of who you spoke to on what dates etc an email to consumer at nola.co.za spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R consumer at nola.co.za just put uh, Cape Talk 
telecom scam uh, in the subject or yellow line pages. or yellow pages scam yeah. and uh, Wendy will keep an eye out for it. Freya, thanks uh, so much for your call. Um, yeah, here's another scam involving telecom. Marianne, what's happening to say the email says you've won a new cell phone in a competition. You just have to pay 100 rand to collect your so-called phone. I dismissed it as a scam and never because I've never entered any competition. People must just read and reread these emails. Just to be fair to telecom, this is not something that telecoms have nor was the one with the um, the directory listing. The directory it's got listing. Nothing to do with them. Yeah. It's people it's piggybacking on them to to perpetrate the yeah. scam. And then Dominic uh, also had a very very similar experience to the one I had a couple of months ago. Um, but uh, let me read your message, her message, because it says a lot about how how easy it is to fall for these things. Dominic says, "I'm normally quick shop, but I very nearly got scammed with a SIM swap scam a few months mm. ago. Scammer called me, said someone was trying to do a SIM." swap on my sim in store and to verify myself he was going to send me an otp luckily i read the sms properly and it clearly said not to share the one-time pin with anyone so i told him no he became quite insistent i felt pressured to give it to him but luckily did not i later called mtn who verified this is a known scam but he was very convincing and really tried to get me to do what he asked quickly with the threat that my sim was in danger as all scammers do yeah exactly what i experienced uh, exactly the same scam Every detail uh, a couple Put of months Put you under ago. pressure, yeah. make it so urgent, well done. and tell you you've got a lot to lose if you don't. If you don't. So well done for reading the fine print on that SMS as well. I wish more people would do that. Okay. Um, okay. Before we go to our next voice note, you, Wendy, you've got a, another case of possible shrinkflation to well, share Well, it's us. just an interesting one. Yeah. I'm going to race through it quite quickly. Um, you know, something completely different. Readers, listeners know that I have a thing about shrinkflation, which takes several forms. So they can reduce the pack size ever so slightly to save themselves 10 milliliters, give, give us 10 milliliters less, yes. less or whatever, keep the price the same, sometimes even put it up. Or they can reduce, we spoke about the chocolate bars, reduce the um, premium ingredients. The nuts and things. Uh, yeah, yeah, the expensive things. Or they can make things smaller. So I heard from listener Tracy who said that Twin Savers tissues are smaller than she used to be than they used to be and she knows this because she bought a new box and she had an older box uh, not quite empty in her cupboard 200 twin savers classic um, product and she said uh, the same number of tissues in both 200 but she said the the new ones were a whole one and a half centimeters smaller and she sent me a picture of the new and the old with a little ruler and all very um thorough and um, she also noticed there was something different going on with the perforation marks on the top. So they, they used to, you know how they go on the top and then down. The side of the got, tissue box. Yes, it yes. makes it easy to withdraw. And she said now she had to actually cut that lower bit and what is going on. Um, it took me a while to get hold of somebody at Twin Savers. Um, I won't go into that uh, drama, but finally... Um, I got hold of Kuvashni Bhagwandas, who's the marketing and category lead for personal care and home care. And she said to me that the number of tissues in the box hadn't changed for 10 years. Well, that's, we weren't contesting that. She mm-hmm. said, and the size and specification of the, of the tissue had not changed in more than 10 years. The sheet size is clearly marked on the pack. She said the difference experienced by, uh, Tracy would definitely need investigating as this implies a deviation from our specification. Well, that's quite a deviation because Tracy went as far as saying, you know, in the, the, the older box, there was no movement of the, of the tissues. Within they, the box, they sat snug. They sat snug yeah. because they went end to end. But the new ones, you can actually, you know, 
check the box and that you can feel the tissues moving around inside. So anyway, um, she said, um, uh, the Twin Savers um, marketing woman, Kovashny, says um, there's only been one small price increase this year and it's only a fraction of the total raw material and other cost increases that the industry has experienced as a result of globally driven raw material cost increases. So we're actually absorbing, excuse the pun, we're <laughs> absorbing the cost increases, says Twin Saver, um, to manage the impact. At the beginning of the year, the packaging was updated. This is now about the, the perforation. Um, to include a resealable flap, um, which did narrow the perforation to enable the reseal. In the COVID environment, this helps with product exposure, keeping the product covered and still easily accessible from the box. This is communicated on the back, but in recent months, we have updated the box to increase the extent of the perforation while still allowing the box to be closed. So, so they concede the packaging has changed slightly, but they don't concede the size no, of the tissues No, that's just a, devi- a deviation that was in, mm. in Tracy's case. So I will confess... When next I'm in a supermarket, I'm going to be shaking some twin saves. This box. Twin savers not manhandling, mind, just a gentle little squeeze. To buy see a, if they're buy a pack and do some measuring. <laughs> and if anyone's had a similar experience, um, small issue that it is, do let us know. It is sniffly, sniffle season. It is, it's pollen season, so yes. we need you using them by lots. <laughs> Somebody else with another WhatsApp on shrinkflation saying Doritos packs have quietly gone down from 150 to 145 grams. A yeah, packet. very quietly. So probably only one Thanks chip less per packet, but still. Over, over yeah. volume. That's how, a lot, yeah. Yes. Okay. As I say, we're inching closer and closer to those little mini, mini shopper. <laughs> the mini size thing. that used to come what as a child's toy. The checkers thing they did. The little, little shopper. Little shopper. Yes. <laughs> we're going to be eating little <laughs> shopper chips soon. Okay, we've got a voice note that's coming on a totally different issue. Let's take a listen to that. Hi, Papa and Wendy. Um, shouldn't there be a uh, cooling off period? If you had um, unintentionally or, or um, misleadingly signed uh, these documents, um, a contract seven or fourteen day cooling off period, which should give you enough time to to change your mind and and uh, fix your mistake. Okay, sorry, same same topic, but um, does that? That apply? is an yeah, excellent question. Point. Thanks for bringing it up, but that's why they don't contact you um, until a, a week or more later. later. Yeah. You have if you agree to any product or service. Um, as a result of direct marketing, um, where this, I suppose, could be construed as a form of direct marketing because they contracted you out of the blue. You didn't contract them. And then yes. there was a, 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 a contract that arose. You have seven business – no, you have five business days, so effectively a week to contact them in writing or some other recordable form according to the Consumer Protection Act and um, cancel for no penalty. Um, but yeah, they don't. Um, they're sneaky enough to know that to wait long enough. They wait long they enough. Send the demand yeah, payments. so that cooling yeah. off period is gone. But it's thank you very apply. much for the question. Okay, thanks for that. We've got another vo- voice note. Let's take a listen. Uh, morning, just a or afternoon, just a quick one. Um, my name's Tim. Um, I until about a year ago had a multi-choice DSTV contract. And I ran it on a month-to-month basis, so every now and again I would renew it when I wanted to watch something, and then the rest of the time I just let it lapse. And uh, the last time that I let it lapse, it actually ran on for a couple of days over the end of the month, and uh, MultiChoice sent me a bill for that for that uh, small amount, and they've been chasing me for the money ever since. I think it's about 38 rand. I told them I didn't authorize them to continue over that time period. 
and they've now handed it over to a debt collector no. to collect the 38 grand. Uh, any ideas on how I can sort this out? I mean, how Gosh. ridiculous. The well, cost of handing over to the yes, debt collector must be m- more than the cost that is I'm guessing, Tim, that contractually they have you. You said something about it ran over, the lapse ran on or something to that effect. So um, it the, the easiest thing might be to just pay the 38 rand, just make sure that it hasn't swelled to, I don't know, 380 yeah. rand or something with interest and fees. But um, for reasons of your credit record and everything else, if you were contractually in the wrong there, however petty and minor and silly it was, uh, I'm saying if, yeah. then I would just pay the money. It's a small amount and be done with it. That would be the most the easiest thing for you. If you wanted to take it on out of principle and whatever, then absolutely do so. But I'm just saying in but terms sure of time and money and right. effort, it might be just, yes. If you're going to do that, Tim, just check the wording on the contract and um, make sure that you were fully within your rights. Not to uh, pay anything. Uh, yeah. Uh, before you pursue that avenue. Okay. Um, Peter and Mowbray on the WhatsApp saying, I got nailed by Trudon on the basis of a call to my secretary, which was recorded. I told them to jump in a lake and they did eventually. <laughs> eventually. <laughs> eventually. You wonder what that story was in between. The of words. Yeah, I'd love to be a fly on <laughs> all of that one. Okay. Wendy, I think we do need to wrap things up there, but let's do so with a reminder to listeners. If they do want to raise a case with you, email is the best option. Yes, please. And um, please send that email to consumer at nola.co.za, spelled K-N-O-W. L-E-R. While we've got a minute, won't you just remind everybody why it's so important to put all of the information in that first email? Yes, please. <laughs> Not just for me, but for you as well, because I get such a deluge of email that if I have to write back, which I do in 80%, if not 90% of cases, to say, I'd like to help. What is your account number? What What is the date? What is the amount involved? Who's the company? You know, all that kind of thing. There's a chance that I don't have any administrative help. It's just me and this monster e- email inbox. inbox. Yeah. So there's a chance that I don't even see your return email. Whereas if I get your email and it's got all the detail that I need, it doesn't have to be beautifully written. You can do it as a timeline. As long as the information is there and I, and I can understand what happened, then I can send it off to, especially if it's a company I deal with all the time, you know, a, a telecom, yeah. a, an MTN, a pick and pay, a hollard or whatever it happens to be. Uh, I can do it there and then and it's done. It's quick, easy for me to help. And it means that your email is not going to get, your return email is not going to get lost and I, I won't then neglect to take up your case at all. Even if I have to just say, as a disclaimer, even if I do get all the details in one email, I can't undertake to um, take up you know, every, every such case, but it certainly ups your chances dramatically. Okay, you have been warned. Thank <laughs> you very much. Uh, consumer at nola.co.za. Also, just a reminder, please to put the words Cape Talk in the subject yes, line thank you. to help Wendy keep track of which uh, uh, which cases are for which particular platform. And we'll chat again next week, Wednesday. Will do. Thanks, Pippa. Cheers.